Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we discuss pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. And I'm your host, Julia Washington. And on today's show, Kendra is here, and we are talking about another element of Gilmore Girls. Yay! Hey friends, love our show, but hate the commercials. Become a pop culture club member on Patreon for $10 a month to receive ad free episodes with bonus content, bonus episodes, a virtual meetup to discuss movies and television, and so much more. To learn more about how to become one of our Patreon pals, visit popculturemakesmejealous.com or visit the link in our show notes. This isn't our first Gilmore Girls episode, but when a show runs for as long as it did, there's so many angles you can take. And today we are talking about high school emotions and parenting. But before we dive in, let me introduce you to my guest. Kendra is the voice beyond the I Trip Over Flat Surfaces podcast, the podcast that encourages women to nurture positive thoughts, enriching their life and self bias beliefs. Kendra's motto is to be an aggressive encourager and using her voice to encourage and promote women to take charge of the thoughts in their mind, realizing a better life. Kendra lives with her husband on a small farm with seven rescue animals. She is passionate about animal rescue, specifically donkey and horse rescue. You can get more information about Kendra and the podcast at www.itrip overflatsurfaces.com and we will link it in the show notes to make it easy for everyone to find you. Kendra, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for, for letting me be on your show. It's, um, I enjoy the, the conversations that you have. And I have to say, especially, I think I've said this to you before, especially the ones that you have with your son, oh. and that relationship that you have. Thank you. Yeah. He's my favorite. <laughs> Um, I love that you, um, have a focus on rescue animals. I think that's so important. I live in a community that has a lot of agriculture and a lot of, um, livestock. I was just telling a story the other day about how this cow got out of the farm and he was just, she was just having the best time walking down the road. Didn't care. She was blocking traffic. She was just like, I'm free. And then trotted home. Like it was nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Living her best life. We all deserve to be free now and then. Yep. The fan favorite Gilmore Girls featured a mother-daughter relationship between Lorelai Gilmore and her daughter, Rory. Lorelai comes from wealth and is the only daughter of Richard and Emily Gilmore. The entire show, we see Lorelai navigate her relationship with her parents. At best, it's amicable. At its worst, it's contentious. It's a con- At worst, it's a contentious shouting match. As we all know, because it's the premise of the show, Lorelai gets pregnant in high school and moves away shortly after the baby is born. She believes her parents to be controlling and unbearable. She scoffs at their way of life and never really acknowledges her own benefiting of the privilege she descends from. In May of 2021, Screen Rant ran a listicle titled Five Times Lorelai Gilmore Was the Best Mom and Five Times It Was Emily, where writer Emily Proctor writes the specific times Lorelai came in clutch for Rory, and they are supporting Rory's future, Rory's first breakup, being by Rory's side with Sherry, Rory's first night at Yale, and Lorelai setting boundaries after Rory's decision to drop out of Yale. So I want to talk about Lorelai's parenting style. And when you first watched the show, 
What did you think of Lorelai's parenting? And when you first watched the show compared to like how you view it now, because it's been 20 years since the show is released. Yeah. You know, honestly, I don't even remember what year it came out, but I know that I caught it in reruns. I think it was still on in later seasons, but Mm -hmm. I was catching earlier seasons um, in reruns. So, you know, when I first came across the show, I, again, I can't remember how old I was, but I was, I was just taken by the relationship that Lorelai and Rory had. And um, obviously I was much younger then. So who wouldn't want a mom like Lorelai and who wouldn't want to have this protected community, smart kid. I mean, we all want to be smart. We all want to be secure and protected and have things always go our way, which seemed for the most part, they always did for Rory. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other conversation (laughs) for later uh, seasons, but, but we, who wouldn't want that? Like I'd had a very different relationship with my mother. She was older. Um, she had me when she was a lot older and they didn't do that then. Um, Mm -hmm. it was just, uh, people thought my parents were my grandparents. Oh yeah. So, I mean, wow. I really, I even look at, uh, I listened to the podcast that you had with your, your son on white Christmas. I'm just like, wow. Like I couldn't have a conversation like that with my mother. And so it was just, you know, you long for that one. And I'm not saying I had a bad relationship with my mom or my mom was bad. It's just, you know, I mean, it was different. Yeah. It was just different. And there's just that, that friendship that Mm -hmm. you long to have. And, and I think when I see my friends have that with their mothers, it's just so foreign to me. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. When I when we were kids, it was very much here's the line, we're the parents, you're the kids, we're the parents, you know. And it wasn't until we became adults where my parents were kind of like, okay, now we can spend time together, like non-parental, I'm the boss kind of time together. And it was like, like what happened? What? Literally like a a switch. Yes. Yeah, like really? I'm the same person. Yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation the other day with another friend where it was, you know, I don't recall my parents even drinking alcohol in front of us. Like that was a thing that was reserved for their adult time. And then when we became of age, then it was like, okay, now, now here's this part of us that you can learn about. And it was just seeing Lorelai and Rory and how involved and how much Rory knew about Laura's Lorelai's life and vice versa. Obviously you're, it was just kind of like, how did you do that? Well, she was right. 16, so she didn't really know any different, but yeah, yeah she didn't it's... have any friends at 16. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kid became her, I've watched that with family members of my own where they, um, were, were left as a single parent and because they spent all their time with their kids, that's the only person that they hung out with. That was their only friend, basically. Yeah. Right or wrong, it's it is what it is. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's a good point. That's exactly what happened to Lorelai because she left her family, um, and she left everybody she knew behind, which is so scary. Like I couldn't even imagine doing that with a child. Like I could imagine doing that when I didn't have a child and just being like, okay, maybe I can go. It's just me. So if I fail, no big deal, but kind of a big deal, but to have a small dependent human and leave everything that you've ever known and your support system, whether you agree with it or not, but just that's terrifying to me. 
I mean, I don't have children and so I don't really get how terrifying it would be. I can imagine. But also if you look at it from the flip side, was it really terrifying for her when staying was the more terrifying thing? So to me, I viewed it as that was the Again, I'm not trying to, you know, demean having a, you know, a 16 year old as a single parent on her own. That's incredibly um, Mount Everest type thing to overcome. But I think she saw it as the easier option. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I never thought about that. Yeah. I don't, um, you know, my parents, again, because they were so much older and the people they hung out with were so much older. There was no one around my age. I can't, I, I don't know. I I think decisions that would seem um, difficult later in years um, just would seem so simple to make in the moment Mm because it's just the preferred choice. Yeah. um, Yeah. Like her leaving. So, yeah. Yeah. In that same, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say in the, and of course, you know, once she left, you know, pride and the whole, you know, you can't go back and Mm -hmm. she had to make it work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She didn't have anything to fall back on really. And you see that in the first season when she kind of begrudgingly goes and says, Hey, I need help to pay for Jory's tuition. Like that's her only option. She doesn't have any really other option. And that's when she really does truly go back home in a sense. And, but it's 16 years later and it's not even for her, it's for her kid. Yeah. How I felt about that when I first watched the show is different now because um, I could, again, more relate to her, like, you know, having to go about back and ask, you know, what that must've meant. And I wouldn't have want to do it either. And I don't believe you should give something to someone with strings attached. However, mm-hmm. I totally get Emily's, you know, not taking advantage of, but just, um, expanding this relationship that they now, that's how I see it now. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Back then I saw like, oh, you know, She's controlling. Exactly. Exactly. But now like, okay, we now have a relationship with money. Let's, let's just expand upon this foundation and make it something more meaningful than just about money. Yeah, absolutely. And in that same article, Emily's five best moments are when Lorelai, when Emily writes that check for Lorelai for Chilton, because you know, what else, like her daughter needs her, like she's never not going to show up for her daughter. Right. Right. And then the other ones were when Emily attends Lorelai's graduation, which that episode made me cry when they're standing there and we can talk, we'll get into it, but Emily taking the blame for the incident of what happened with Christopher and telling him he had nothing to do with it. And for our friends at home, that's the episode where Emily and Richard are renewing their vows and she invites Christopher to the wedding and then it blows up and Lorelai and Luke break up and it's just really sad. And then the last one is Emily defending the girls after the Huntsburgers basically say that Rory's trash, which is like the whole series. These people are not, they're very over, they're very privileged humans. Um, And Emily not expecting, and then in return, Emily didn't really expect to be repaid for Chilton. Like those are the ones that the writer lists. So through Lorelai's lens, Emily requested Friday night dinner as a stipulation. But to your point, Kendra, you know, she's, you're right. She's expanding that relationship with her and she doesn't, the other part of the, that list is 
in the initial episode with the graduation, Lorelai doesn't invite her parents to the graduation. It's her daughter who says like, you should do that because they've never seen her daughter. They've never seen her graduate. They've never seen that. They didn't get that when she was in high school. And she gives absolutely zero credit to Emily when Emily comes to Stars Hollow to tell Luke and Lorelai that she loves him. And, you know, fair, Lorelai's angry, but what did you think about Emily's parenting style when you first watched the show and how has that changed over time? Yeah, I I grew up in a very controlling household. So to me, she was very controlling. I mean, but of course, a piece of me, like I would love to have grown up with money. Mm -hmm. Who who wouldn't? I mean, there's pluses and minuses. I mean, it's again, that whole different conversation, but um, to be able to um, have things that you, you know, really maybe not even have things that you wanted, because I think even though my parents didn't have a lot, they always made sure, I may not have had Jordash jeans, but I had yeah. jeans, I had yeah. two pairs of jeans and that's what I wore all year. And then, you know, um, you know, the same too, that's embarrassing for a kid, but that's what you had. I had a pair yeah. of jeans. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, now that I'm older, there's so much freedom and having money. Um, there's freedom to help others, which is what um, Emily did. And I think the money represents everything that they owed each other throughout all the years, Mm. right? Like Lorelai looks at this, like, like, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, this was the writers of the scenes uh, point, but I viewed it as this is okay. You kind of owe me this money. I, because of how you treated me, I left the house. I left with Roy. I did all of this. You need to take a part. And Emily's like, I, you know, I'm giving you this money for all the things that I couldn't do when Mm -hmm. you were growing up. And so here's, here's my shot. And it of course doesn't make up for anything, but Mm -hmm. that's how I kind of saw the the money and what it represented. Sometimes like with Richard and Emily, they didn't really know how to speak in any other language either. Like they were loving towards each other, but it was still, there was still sort of like a superficial element to it as well, but they didn't, I mean, they just never understood Lorelai. They just didn't, they came from a generation where it was like, you, we are the parents, you are the child, and this is how it works. And then in return, Lorelai never really bothered to understand her parents either. But when you're 16, that's hard because you're not really in the mind space to be like that. What, what is, what's the word I'm looking for? You're not really in the space of like thinking about others in that way and what they're going through yeah. and how they're feeling, what their emotions are. You're still kind of looking inwardly on yourself a lot. And throughout the entire series, whenever Lorelai and Rory needed something, Richard and Emily never hesitated once. And there's a lot, yes. And there's a lot of, you know, families, money or not, where you, if your family, if your loved one, your kin needed something and family wasn't there for you, like that's hard. So watching it for me because I rewatch it every year during the fall because it's very comforting. Um, seeing how Emily just always went to bat for her kids, you know, her daughter. And even though Lorelai was sometimes just super awful to them, she still went to bat for them. And there's this episode that I love where um, John Ham, she meets John Ham at the silent at the auction. 
and he ends up Peyton is his name and he ends up being just the worst most boring date of life and Lorelai's like yeah I'm just not gonna go out on that second date because this was awful like he's not he's bored he's beautiful but he's boring this wasn't anything and then Richard and Emily sort of panic because now their social structure is being affected by this date situation because Peyton had a great time and Lorelai's just like my dating life has nothing to do with you but in the world of Richard and Emily it 100% does and like they just could not understand each other and come together in that way but at the end of the day Lorelai does sort of you know resolve herself to to do it and everyone's there's peace again but I feel like that's a really good example of them not really understanding each other but then kind of sort of caving and being not caving caving is the wrong word but then still sort of being like okay I'll do this for you (laughs) right and I mean I don't come from money but I can can you imagine being a Kennedy no oh my gosh just the take out the money side but just the name alone so I can I would you know watching shows on tv and, and Gilmore Girls is not the only one with rich families you had to be a certain way mm-hmm. and it would be sort of like, uh, you know, being born into a family with politics, mm-hmm. um, Obama's kids, Clinton's kids. I mean, the like Royals in England. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, there was, I loved your comment about, um, you know, Emily and Richard communicated how they were communicated with. And it's almost like, you know, almost how you see abuse passed down, you know, Mm -hmm. it's how you were treated, how you treat other people. And it's very hard to break that. And of course they would never break it because they never went outside of their circle um, like Laurel I did. So that's, you know, you just take care of family. I mean, it's, you know, the whole mafia type, you know, reference, you know, Um, it's all in the family and that's just what you do. And I think Mm -hmm. for the most part, um, you know, family in general is like that if you have money or not, but especially, you know, keeping things uh, within that type of structure and controlling it um, even more so if you come from a prominent family. Yeah. Like there's that episode when Logan brings Rory home for the first time and the family's just so disappointed because she doesn't understand the expectations, but yet they're in my mind, they're in the same, like, echelon of like privilege because they all have money and they all have expectation and they all have some sort of power within our system and within our society but yet the Gilmore money isn't good enough and Rory's comment of like but my ancestors came over on the Mayflower like how are we not good enough and it just that really highlights that even within you know these privileged classes there's still some sort of hierarchy right but also you're just like (laughs) whenever those ridiculous things happen, it was just like, what world did you guys live in? I'm so curious. Yeah. But there's pressure. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of um, expectation. And Lorelai definitely broke that cycle for Rory, but then Rory kind of ran back to it, I guess, by um, dating Logan, who's just so cute. (laughs) Oh, yes. He's very cute. Hey, I am team Logan Jess, but I I really do. I do like um, Logan, but I think the layers are so interesting. So, you know, they, uh, Richard and Emily didn't want to accept Lorelai because she was so different. Yet Rory is a product of Lorelai and they accept her wholeheartedly and just, you know, again, different conversation, but you know, why is that when they're so not willing to accept Lorelai and then looking at Logan's family, um, the fact that 
Emily and Richard are open and are okay with Rory the way that she is, even though that Lorelei product and then how she's not accepted at the Huntsburgers. And I just think it's just such a product of life in general and um, speaks to, you know, we deem um, things to have quality based on what we value. Mm-hmm. And they valued, I guess, sort of that Stepford Ma, you know, cookie mm-hmm. cutter, you know, stay at home, have your babies, be beautiful, do the parties, everything that basically Emily was. Yeah. Yeah. Because later on in the season, when Rory has dropped out and Richard's so upset that his bright, beautiful granddaughter, the best at everything has the biggest, brightest futures dropped out. And she's a part of the DAR now. And she's doing all, you know, floating around and she's spending time with Logan, basically essentially being a trophy wife. And he's so disappointed. And Emily, Emily, Emily comes into his study and she's like, you need to get out here to this party. Like you're disappointing your granddaughter. And he's like, this wasn't supposed to be the way it turned out and complain, not complaining, but just sort of lamenting that her life isn't turning the, you know, going in the way that they had hoped it had invested. And then Emily clicks and she's like, you mean, you don't want her to have my life. You don't want her to be me. And that I thought was a really powerful scene because he's yes. acknowledging that his granddaughter, like they want her in the world, but he doesn't want her to be like all the other women in the world. He's evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's evolvement there. And I think that that's a pretty powerful, um, powerful scene. Wow. I actually forgotten about the scene until you just said that. Yeah. That's a lot to unpack in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so interesting. And so where does the what happens in life that he was able to evolve and Huntsburgers have yet to evolve. Yeah. Is it, does it take a Lorelei? Maybe because he's so proud of her. Um, oh, now I'm going to get emotional. There's that scene where he's just, I forget which episode it was where he's just so proud of what Lorelai's created. And he finally comes to terms with like, you did it kid. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's all you want is your parents to validate you and be like, oh, you did like, yes, this is good. You did good. You were good. You made it. And he gives that to her. He does because he, she basically not followed in his footsteps and that she went into insurance. She had her own business. Mm -hmm. She made something from nothing. She built a community. All of those things, which he did in his industry, she did, but just not in the same way, but did the exact same thing as, uh, you know, starting at 16 and a woman doing all of that. And I, um, I, I do love where they're standing in the, um, I get it's the last show, right. Um, that questionable last show where he's standing in the community and he's like, they're here for you. Yeah. You know, you did this you know, she was the glue that really held everything together, her and her messed up, um, selfishness. Yeah. 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 But it's just, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, Emily doesn't get that from him. Mm -hmm. Like he gave to Lorelai in that same way, because of that scene that you're saying, like, oh, you don't want her to become like me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so interesting, but Emily is like his, um, his mother. Yeah. Holy cow. Wasn't she wretched? Oh my gosh. And then the dynamic again, money. I mean, yeah. Older the generation. Dynamic. Yep. 
the dynamic always like made me chuckle because he's like, Hey, tricks. And then she calls him mom. And like, you're just kind of like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, why do you call her? And that's never explained on why he calls her tricks, which I think is actually kind of brilliant to not explain it. Cause it leaves that mystery. And it leaves that sort of like view of confusion that I think Lorelai has when it comes to her parents dynamic with her grandmother. Um, but yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. she's an interesting, yes. she's awful to Emily. Well, and it kind of speaks to his relationship to Lorelai because it's much more relaxed than with Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, he kind of experienced the same thing with tricks that he does with, with Lorelai, although he does have expect certain expectations he does have that bit of casualness with her that Emily just can't manage. Yeah. Yes. And you learn that Emily's fun throughout the show and that she has the ability to do that because when you see her interact with her DAR friends, you see similarities between Emily and Lorelai. And, and it's so funny because I think we forget sometimes how much we can be like our parents, especially when we're like, I don't want to be like my parents. But I always thought that was a really good way to show that Emily and Lorelai had a lot in common in the end anyway. So much like when, when Rory left college, how she was just so adamant and put her foot down and in a way that you would see Emily do and not expect her to do. Yeah. And she basically channeled Emily in her response to Rory leaving college. Yeah. 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 She became her mother. Yes. Yes. And you know, for all her faults, I felt like Emily was doing the best she could and she was speaking in the best way that she could, but she comes from a generation that wasn't allowed to be anything, but what Emily became. And it kind of hurts a little bit that not hurts me. I mean, it just makes me sad that Lorelai never kind of got into a full position to fully understand generationally because, you know, Emily's the generation where she probably couldn't get a bank account without her husband. She probably couldn't get a home loan without her husband. Like she can't do anything without her husband, but then Lorelai can do all these things. Like you mentioned, she's basically on the path that Richard was, but that couldn't exist necessarily in, in Emily's um, time. And it really always broke my heart that they never gave Lorelai that, um, breakthrough moment to see that, like my mom was restricted by her generation and the expectations of the society at the time. I think that comes, hopefully it comes sooner in life, but I know for me personally, that did not come to me until I was in my Mm. fifties, giving my age here, (laughs) but I really started I really came to a place where I realized some things about myself in my fifties that allowed me to unpack some things about Mm -hmm. my mother. And I, you know, yeah, wish it could have happened in my 30, 40s. So it would be interesting if they were to do other episodes of Lorelei in the much older years, um, if there would not be that kind of realization made. Yeah. I'd love to see that in like a second rendition. Cause they did a year in a life, which I really enjoyed. And I know a lot of people didn't, but I was just like, okay, like this is Amy Sherman Palladino, classic Amy Sherman Palladino. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. She literally did right by the Gilmore girls. Like, (laughs) um, but it would be interesting if they came back and did like another one. And that was part of the narrative. Oh, I would love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she'll be, she would be a grandparent by then. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. So I, I think that at, 
you asked me earlier, like what I thought of Lorelai later. Now, when I watch it, sometimes it's so hard for me to watch it because I think Lorelai is so incredibly selfish mm-hmm. that someone just needs to go and punch her. <laughs> I mean, some episodes I have to turn off because yeah. it's so blatant. But yet, when I was younger, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I am right there on your bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's all where we sit at the table, the experiences we've had in life and, you know, um, how we uh, manage those experiences. Because you can have the same experiences for me, but I'm going to process those differently. Um, I'm a different person. Mm -hmm. So I may grow in areas you don't and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a really, that's a, that's, thank you for making that point because I think that nuance gets lost a lot, especially when it comes to like, when it comes to us being women and just the, and, and regionally too, right? Like California is so different from Missouri and so different from Ohio. And so like, we forget that, like, we have our own little mini cultures within this bigger society that is the U S and it's easy to forget that because we're so isolated. Like we were speaking offline a little bit, you know, we're kind of in our silos and we forget that other people live differently or similarly. And some of the same sort of structures that exist affect different fractions of people. Like if everybody in poverty has the same sort of poverty hurdles, it, you know, some, it might look different depending on where you are and what your location is. Mm-hmm. Um, but in same with privilege as with, we see with the Huntsburgers and the Gilmores, the Huntsburgers don't see them the same. The Huntsburgers yeah. see themselves as better. So they true. are powerful. They are, they have money. There's high expectations. So, you know, the Gilmores have money. The Gilmores have power. They came over on the Mayflower, like, but they are not viewed as equals, even though they're like literally the 1%. <laughs> Yeah. So interesting. That's so true. That's why I think travel is so important, you know, Mm -hmm. getting outside of your area and and you made the, I'm actually from Missouri and I moved to the East coast and I will tell you, it is a struggle for me to go outside of um, an area that's a little bit more, and hopefully no one takes offense, a progressive in, (laughs) in animal or, or human rights, um, things like that. It is, it's, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of a culture shock mm-hmm. when I, when I um, go home um, and I don't do that much do that no, I, as much as I should. I understand. I'm in, I'm in like literally the cattle land of California and I, you know, it's on the one hand, it's a huge part of our economy. Almonds and cattle and dairy is a huge part of the economy of the part of California I'm in, but I'm in California. So we get a lot of the um, vegan and vegetarian narrative, which is fine, but it's hard for me to sort of understand where I fit in that because it literally fuels the economy in which I live, Mm. the little fraction of California that I live. So it's, I don't know, like, yeah. There's just all these weird balances that you have to figure out. And then when we do visit people out of state or family out of state, um, because I do try to, we do up and down the West coast pretty um, during the summer. And I really, and I forget how different Oregon is compared to California. And it's just, that's been a huge part of my um, parenting style is okay. So we're going to travel if we can. And mostly it's funded from my parents because I'm a solo parent with one income. Thank you, mom and dad. But I think it made a huge difference in shaping my son because 
then he can see like he was in Minnesota a couple of times and we visited family there and he could see how different Minnesota is and how people live in Minnesota. And he was five. I took him to New York city and, you know, he, he liked it, but I think he didn't like how fast it moved. And he made that decision at five and going to LA all the time. And just little things like that, that we could potentially afford just so he could see like, cause where we are, it is ag country. I mean, if you hit the freeway or not the freeway, if you hit one of the back roads at the wrong time of day, you're stuck behind a tractor for an hour. (laughs) Sounds like my kind of place. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I love it. my, My cousin and I were talking the other day about how much we missed our grandparents lived on a farm out in the country. And we feel so lucky to have that dual life of like, we spent the summers on the farm and we spent our, you know, the school year in like a big, small town. So we got both. Um, but that's just like the story with the cow trotting down the road. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and again, it's like, kind of see what you seek in the sense of like, I I've had comments made to me, like, why do you spend so much time on animal welfare when there's kids that need, but we all have different things put in us. Mm -hmm. If we were all just interested in kids, everything else would go away. Literally. Mm -hmm. It would just, I mean, so we all have different interests and different drivers Mm -hmm. and different things that pull us. And it's just, it's just finding yours and, and, um, you know, I, and then getting, I think, outside of your area mm-hmm. to kind of, and I don't mean preach in a bad way, but kind of preach your, you know, maybe I should say it this way, live your message. Yeah. 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 Cause it's, I think hearing what other people's experience are, are so, is so important because you may not, like I told you earlier, I was thinking about you this week and just, you know, the conversation that we had around Sanford and son, and it just helped me, it helped remind me that there's so many different facets that people can relate to. And it's not isolated to one group of people. And I, I appreciate that because it's, I need those reminders because I'm so sucked into the world of representation and what that means for people like me that I forget sometimes to see that bigger picture and what that means for um, other folks as well, which isn't, you know, it's all part of how we come to an understanding to live harmoniously together, which Lorelai can never seem to achieve (laughs) to tie it back to our topic. Well, you know, and and, uh, to your point, especially with her parents, for sure, but what about other people? I think that there are other people too, that if they just don't go along with her, there is no being with her. Mm-hmm. Max. Yes. Oh, that broke my heart. I love Max Medina, Max Medina. Like he <laughs> was a solid, strong man and he was good to look at. Thank you. Um, but he just, he hit for me. He hit all the markers of like, yeah, I would totally spend the rest of my life with a guy like that. <laughs> I'm glad that they had him on the show and that they, they dated because I think to your, I think most people that I've seen online or talked to feel the same way about him, but I just don't see it <laughs> like long-term. I don't yeah. see how he could feed her. Does yeah. that make sense? Like yeah. just that mental side of, of wonder that she has not mm-hmm. the wit part or the mm-hmm. smart part, but that wonder side that uh, I think he would be too consistent. And, um, what's the word I'm looking like, um, predictable. Just, yeah. Cause he is a pretty stable force. He likes yeah. his routine. He likes, you know, he comes from a family that loves him, obviously, you know, he's very 
it's not obvious that Lorelai and Emily love each other, but they do. Um, and yeah, I, and I think, I think, I think that's kind of the point of Max too, is that it wakes, it helps her kind of realize that she's not ready. Mm, Yeah. Cause that conversation they have, he's like, what do I do if like Rory comes home drunk? And she's like, Rory's not going to come home drunk or like, what's my role in your world? And she's like, I just be here. And he's like, that's not going to, no, that's not how this works, you know? And she's never thought it out in a longer term situation of how that's going to be. Well, that's how she's lived her whole life, right? Mm -hmm. She's never really thought it out. Yeah. I mean, except for the dragonfly, she had to kind of, but even then that was just like, Hey, we were, we were going to do this in the future, but let's just do it now. I mean, Mm -hmm. and there's, there's so many good business people that do that by just following their gut and living their life like that. And, um, and, and yeah, she doesn't think Mm long-term. I say that, but then, you know, the whole situation where Roy was going to go to Yale or sorry, um, Harvard, Harvard. Thank you. And then went to Yale and she could not see past being flexible about that decision when she is nothing but flimsy, flexible. Right. Right. And it felt like for her, it felt like it was a personal attack right? Like how dare you suggest that my child, and that's a thing that's being a legacy is a thing. Like that's a true blue thing that happens in, you know, the, um, Ivy league world and just not even just Ivy leagues, but just university in general. Like my dad was a lawyer and my dad's dad was a lawyer, that kind of thing. Like there was this expectation and Emily's speech about like, did you ever consider that if Rory goes to Yale, she'd come home on the weekends that it might be easier for her to get into Yale because Richard went here and like lists all these very practical things. And Lorelai can't see it. She's so, she's seeing red. She's so mad. Right. Right. Yeah. I just thought that to me, there were certain scenes that just seemed so outside of Lorelai's script as a Mm -hmm. person. And that was one of them. Mm -hmm. And, and I know it was really more around, she felt, or she said, she felt Roy was being manipulated to however she knows her daughter well enough to know that if Rory was really wanting to make that change that any other time I think that she would be open to Rory making that change but for some reason as fly the sea of the pants kind of person she is and that had been planned from the beginning and she was yet not able to to break from that plan yeah yeah. Cause plans change. Sometimes yeah. they have to, it didn't match her character. I had a hard time with that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that I'm going through college stuff right now with my son and, you know, we're having those conversations of like, let's wait and see what the offer, like the financial aid offers are and like how we're going to navigate this. And, you know, he wants things to be super planned out. So he knows for sure what's going to happen for, you know, moving forward. And I'm like, we can't make decisions until we know for sure what we're being offered. Cause UCLA, if you got in, isn't necessarily going to offer us the same thing as like CSU San Diego. Like we don't, we just don't know. So we're, we're trying to balance that right now of like being super planned, but then also we can't really plan (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. That's a tough situation. Yeah. The, um, the op- options, the fact that he has options are awesome. Yeah. 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 I'm very grateful. <laughs> <laughs>
This episode is brought to you by Hughes by Jewels. Hughes by Jewels offers custom artwork and original prints specializing in watercolor, focusing on the human form and different shades of skin. If you're looking for that perfect gift for a birthday or have a special memory you'd like to commemorate, visit Hughes by Jewels on Instagram or find the Etsy shop of the same name. That's Hughes, H-U-E-S by Jewels, J-U-L-S. At 16, Lorelai is portrayed as wild and rebellious, an uncontrollable girl whose parents, despite her best efforts, are stuffy and stuck in their ways. Lorelai has no appreciation for the world in which she is raised and by some measure treats her parents poorly. In contrast, when Rory is 16, Lorelai is the mother she wished she had, being more pals than mom to her daughter. In later episodes, Rory has decided to drop out of Yale. Lorelai comments that in her past, she could pull out her mom card to get the outcome she wanted, but now that Rory's an adult, I'm using air quotes, that card is null and void. So I want to talk a little bit about their the relationship between Emily and Lorelai, and I think parents forget a lot that their children are individual humans with their own personalities, and you kind of made a really good point earlier about in this scenario, Lorelai sort of morphed into an Emily. In the case of the Gilmore's is this true? Do you think Lorelai's high school rebellion never evolved beyond her 16 year old view? Um, she, she up until the very end, always rebelled against what her parents wanted from her. I think so. Every kid wants their parent to figure them out because they don't know what they're, they are, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to figure themselves out. And so I lived in a, in a household where I, re- I don't know that I really figured myself out until I was much later, like in my forties yeah. and I was just told to do things and this is what you do. And, um, sort of the household that she lived in, she had to be a certain way, mm-hmm. act a certain way. So I, you know, Maybe until after uh, Richard's death in in those episodes, but she always rebelled. She always wanted to be her own. Oh, she could not handle someone else being in control. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could almost control Lorelai by trying to control her. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I... I, in some ways, I don't think it was fair that Lorelai, hey, Rory, let's have this friendship from the time you were born until now. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to play this really strict mom card and say, you can't go and do this. It goes, it flies in the face of everything, you know, your full, um, what, 20 years or whatever she was Mm -hmm. at the time. And this one time I'm going to put my foot down and demand you do something. And oh my gosh, she didn't. Well, Mm -hmm. what, what do you, I mean, that's basically what you did to your parents. However, because they say, you know, you get your, you get what you deserve in your kid. Right. And I don't mean that in a necessarily negative way. One reason why I did not have children, one of many reasons, because I know (laughs) the child that I was, Um, but I, I just, that one time she truly, and not that there were, weren't other times where she was parenting, but this was the time where she was like, no matter what, I'm going to put my foot down Mm -hmm. and this is what you're going to do. And was surprised it didn't happen. 
Right. Right. Because the only other scenario where I can think that she does do this whole sternness is when Rory doesn't want to go to Chilton in the first couple of episodes in the beginning of the series, because she's met Dean and maybe she doesn't want to go to Chilton and all these things. And she's like, you're going to Chilton. That's it. And that's literally the only other time I can recall where where Lorelai does that sort of like, I'm the actual parent here. Like it's, this is a serious life decision and I'm the parent and I'm playing the parent card. Every other time I think about when she quote plays the parent card, it's like inconsequential. It's not serious. It's done in jest. It's, you know, not life altering decisions. And so her, I, I feel like she never, I feel like she never really did move out of that mind frame of like, my parents are terrible humans you know, we all go through that phase, but then as you mentioned yourself, you went through a phase where you kind of came to, um, an understanding and I, and I, and I did something similar too, where it was like, oh, how do I have a relationship with my parents where we are all happy? (laughs) Because I feel like that's normal. I, and maybe it's not, but I feel like that's a natural progression in life to do. Like, I now know who I haven't lived with you guys for a number of years. So now I have an opportunity to figure out who I am without you. Lorelai does that, but then she doesn't really because she's still holding on to all of the things that happened to her in her childhood. And Emily calls her out on that a couple of times. Like, don't make this a crusade about your childhood. We're talking about what's right for Rory. We're talking about what's right for the family kind of stuff. And she can't ever get beyond that tiny scope and see the bigger picture. And for all of Richard and Emily's faults, they do regularly can see a bigger picture and whether or not they're trying to manipulate the situation into what they want almost doesn't matter to me because they can see like, this is the bigger picture. We have Mm -hmm. to talk about the bigger picture. You need to stop focusing on this little dot. Right. Right. No, no, that's a very good perspective. That's very true. And, and Lorelai never, um, admits to the fact that she wants that relationship with Emily that she has with Rory. Mm-hmm. And that's why she left at 16, but she never, um, at least the show never lets us see that she tries to meet Emily in some way. Mm-hmm. Like even when Emily tries to be loosey goosey in those things, it just doesn't work out. Right. But um, it, you never see Lorelai um, owning up or accept, accepting that Emily can't ever be that. So this is the relationship that I need to have with her mm-hmm. versus just punishing her all the time because she can't be what she is for Rory. Right. When you say that, I specifically think of the episode where they go to the spa and Me too. Me too. Yes. Yeah. okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and then it doesn't pan out. And like you say, and then Emily just loses it. And then they totally crumble and fall. And I think yeah. you make a really good point. It's you have to figure out what your relationship was with your parents and then set boundaries. So that way you don't have those blowouts and fallouts. And that's really hard. Cause we don't talk about that as a society. We don't talk about how we don't give anybody tools on how to do that because there's this, con- there's this idea that family is family, no matter what, which is nice sometimes, right? Like we, like what if spending an overextended amount of time with my family ends up leaving me feeling drained and sad and maybe bordering on a, like a little depression. Like where's the line? Like, how do I come out of this still? Okay. And not damaging my relationship further with my family. Yeah. 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 And you know, in that scene with the spa, instead of celebrating the, um, the moment that they had, because she had um, Emily to a point 
and it just pushed too far. Mm-hmm. If she, you know, when dancing with that man, yeah. that was just too far. If staying at the bar, eating at the bar, eating the peanuts, maybe saying hi to the man, if she had just recognized hey, look at what my mom's meeting me here Mm -hmm. halfway with all of this. Let me be happy with this instead of pushing it even further. And, uh, you know, they could have acknowledged instead of just leaving and doing the whole robe thing, which I thought was kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, Because they're just going to charge a credit card. Right. So I just, and they're not cheap. They're like always like a hundred and something bucks. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I don't stay places that have robes. So (laughs) I don't know, <laughs> but it, they could have stated, I mean, Emily didn't have to blow up like that. She mm-hmm. didn't, but it was just pushed too much. If she hadn't pushed her outside of her bubble, that wouldn't have happened. But they, I just think that there was a missed opportunity. Like, Hey, we had a moment, Yeah, pushed it too far, but yet we had this moment Yeah, and that happens with family. Right. So Um, like you're saying, getting together with family and you'll have a nice moment. And then all of a sudden, you know, just something goes a little bit too far. Someone gets a little bit too um, ribbing on someone or joking, and then it just blows the whole moment. We can't ever get that back. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was a little bit of a life lesson missed opportunity that could have been in the writing. And I, that's not many areas. Okay. I'm not a writer, so I'm not saying that's not good writing, but yeah. throughout every single episode, we can all see how things could go a little different. Right. right but that's right. where I think even the writers, I think could have, um, uh, been true to the characters and, and done that because I think that there was a really good moment there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved when they were kind of bonding together. Like it was just so nice to see them having a mother daughter relationship in adulthood that they've never had before. And it was just, to see it explode in that way was just really heartbreaking because you're just like, come on, we yeah. need, we need growth. We need you to grow a little bit and give us something more than just you two are volatile together. And even from the very beginning of the episode where Emily calls and like, oh, I had this silent auction and I've got this spa. She pulled a Lorelei on or like, oh, you know, hey, do you want to just go, you know, you want it? Oh yeah, I'd love it. Okay, well, the both of us will go. Mm-hmm. I mean, right from the get-go, Emily was being a little playful the whole episode. Um, she was into it. She was it, like, yeah, yeah, I'm having a yeah. weekend with my girl. Mm-hmm. And they both met it. So, and Lorelai went to the spa. Yeah. Uh, did those things, met her there. Laura, I, I don't know. I just thought that to your point, I think that's a really good point. Would have liked to have seen in some areas, um, a little bit better of progression in their relationship. But again, to your point, it's truly always there because when mama bear sees that her cubs are, you know, being hurt by the Huntsburgers or whatever, mama bear comes out. It doesn't matter if Lorelai went to the spa with her. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if Lorelai missed Friday. You know, you hurt my cub. You're going to see mama bear. I love that scene where she rips up Shira and I know it's like, not like so anti like female empowerment, but it was just that moment, like what you said, that moment where you're just like, here comes Emily and she's so well connected. She knows how to cut you down because you cut her kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the real Emily. 
Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have seen, I don't mean putting people down right. per se, um, because I will say that the opening scene of the um, the remakes, the, mm -hmm. the seasons where they're like putting everybody down at the pool, I don't that really bothered me. But yeah. um, I, I, but I do think that that's really Emily. Yeah. Like I would have loved to have seen that stronger to the point in your mm -hmm. face, but in a, in a, for your family kind of way. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Hey friends, did you know that I have spoken about representation in media and literature other than just on the podcast? I've been booked to speak at company meetings, panel discussions, voiceovers for commercials and video narratives, and to moderate discussion panels. To learn more about how you can book me for an event, just shoot me an email. Pop culture makes me jealous at gmail.com. Use speaking engagement as the subject line. Looking forward to working with you. In a 2020 reflection in the New York Times, writer Saw Austerlitz said, quote, the idea for the show was to tell the story of a bookish teenage girl whose best friend was her 30-something mother. The backdrop would be an idyllic Connecticut town full of oddballs and eccentrics, and the tone would be a blend of character-driven comedy and drama, all set in a screwball place. Gilmore Girls was released when I was in high school. Rory and I could have been peers if there were a real world and we lived in the same state. But for you, Kendra, what was it like watching Gilmore Girls and being closer to Lorelai's age than Rory's age? Because for me, it was like, oh my God, I'm Rory. Like, this is life. Like, all my, you know, I've got my best friend and I've got these cute boys and school and stress about college. But watching it now as a parent, I'm like, oh my God, maybe I'm Lorelai. Not the chaotic stuff, but just like the whole being a parent. <laughs> you know, when I first started watching the show, I actually had a more draw to Rory. Like, why couldn't I have been like that as a kid? Mm. Um, and I mean, I was me and I was a very, I was horrifically shy. I mean, horrifically shy. And not that Rory didn't have her shy moments, but she you know, for them as much as she could be as a kid was, was quite sure of herself. She knew what she liked mm -hmm. and she was able to do it. So I think when I first started watching the show, I was like, wow, you know, I think that's really what I would have liked for myself as being a kid. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, having that cool mom. And now that I'm older, I don't view her as a cool mom. Wow. I'd like to have a friend like that. Mm. I would like to have a, a, a cool mom friend in, the, in that sense, you know, her and Silky's relationship, I thought was, um, was, was so enjoyable and fun, but so supportive mm -hmm. um, and, and very authentic. Um, but yeah, so I, I had longed for, I longed for being able to be open to be yourself as a kid yeah. when I first started watching the show. And, yeah. and that does relate to having a mom that got her. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, a lot of the pop, um, pop culture references that they have on the show. I mean, I know them now, mm -hmm. but I didn't necessarily get involved in that when I was that age, I wasn't necessarily able to listen to certain kind of music. I wasn't able to see some movie. Like I couldn't go visit a girlfriend if she had a brother. Oh, so, you know, and, and depending on who it was, maybe I would be able to go visit, but I definitely could never spend the night with that yeah. girlfriend because she had a brother. Yeah. 
my dad went as far as to tell my best friend, as long as you're friends with my daughter, you need to not date. Oh my God. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so, wow. so, and she was just like, um, you're not my dad. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> as she should have, but, yeah, yeah. but that's a whole other conversation. About it. But yeah, I, I had just want the freedom to be her, right. Cause she could walk around the town. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't grow up in like a little neighborhood. I grew up on a five lane highway. Wow. With top, but, but it was enough property behind us. We had goats, we had chickens, we had rabbits. Mm-hmm. My next door neighbor was a beauty salon. Two doors down was a Burger King. Across the street was a Circle K. And at night I could hear people, I like two tacos and burrito <laughs> at the Taco Bell. <laughs> That's a really unique experience. I've never, I've never met anybody who kind of like you can you have the backyard property situation and then you have people ordering Taco Bell. That's, that's wild. There was no house. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't grow up in like this, but so she had this community mm-hmm. where she could go out and about in and wow, long to have that freedom. That's yeah. what I saw in that show when I first started watching it. And, and of course the parent that gave her a very protected environment to let her be her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause my sister and I talk sometimes about how, like all the little things that happen in stars hollow, like, can we please like make that real? Like the, um, the all night 24 dance marathon where everyone dresses like it's the 1940s. Like I would be so here for that. Or when they movie did bit on my basket. Or things oh like yeah. That. The mo- these- I love the movie night with that. And we all need a, oh, what's his name? I totally forgot his Kirk. name. Now. Yes. We all need a Kirk. And I yes. <laughs> He's so funny. So uh, Sean Gunn and his brothers, James Gunn, who's part of, he's directed a bunch of movies as part of the Marvel universe. And so he, when my son and I went to see guardians of the galaxy and James and Sean Gunn was in it, I was like, Kirk, what are you doing here? (laughs) You're not supposed to be like anything but Kirk. <laughs> it's weird to see him in, yeah. in, yeah, yeah, totally yeah. agree. Cause I've seen him in like a Western. What? I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a, what, like, uh, or some, or something. something like, yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I, oh, so weird. He was such a great character on the show though. He was just the right amount of quirky where you're left going, huh? but he's entertaining. <laughs> I wanted to kind of circle back though, about your comment about, um, Suki and Lorelai's relationship. I always thought that was the best version of Lorelai as an adult, because she was so supportive and loving of Suki and gave sage advice and was a voice of reason. And Suki was the same for her. And you really got to see like a grown-up version of Lorelai in that because sometimes she was a little too kid with Rory and she really was a kid with her parents. And when she's flirting with the guys, you know, having this dating situation, you don't really get a good sense of like how her maturity level, I guess, is where I'm going. And with Suki, you really, really see it. And they just love and support each other so much. Um, And it just, that, I loved that aspect. And when um, Melissa McCarthy, when they only brought her, when she was only able to come back for one of the, um, episodes for the year in a life, it really bumped me out because yes, they were such a huge part of the show working. Yes. Yes. I, I love that view of that. It's so true. You actually get to see Lorelai as 
who she really is. Mm -hmm. Because yes, that relationship with Rory is that relationship with Rory, but that's not her. Like when Rory leaves, who is Lorelai? Yeah. And that's when you see her. That's so true. I've not really thought and put it into words like that. That's really cool. Or her relationship with Michelle, you know, as as a boss, you know, friend is another time you get to see her just as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think her and Luke and all of those, that's her. Yes, they were friends, but there's always been something there. And so, yeah, that's the, the only time you get to see that. I, and I was really bummed too, that Suki, uh, wasn't there because, um, I think there was another opportunity because Suki's kids, as they got older yeah. and to see that relationship with aunt Lorelai. Yes. She cool. doesn't have to be the parent. She can finally be, that's what, that's kind of the role I'm in now with my friend's daughter. She's um, nine and a half years younger than my son. And I get to do all the fun things that I would never do as a mom, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> much to my friend's dismay. I mean, I don't do anything that would upset my friend, yeah. but you know, cause it's all at the end of the day, like that's her kid. I'm not going to make her life more miserable, but it's a different kind of relaxation when it's not your kid. You get to have yeah. more fun. You get to be, I don't know, a little bit more free. Like now it's like, okay, so he's my son's, you know, 17. He's a senior in high school. We survived. <laughs> and, and when your kids are seven, you don't really, you think like, oh my God, we're never going to make it out alive. <laughs> yeah. So I get to have fun now with a seven-year-old, whereas 10 years ago, I was like, are we going to survive? What's happening? I don't know if I can make it to Friday. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the, um, I'm the aunt to my friend's kids. Like I bought the really loud toy. Yes. I bought when they couldn't say the word truck and said something else had them repeated everywhere constantly, you know, like that. that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Kendra. Thank you so much for your time today and coming on to the show to talk about this, this particular element of Gilmore Girls. I really appreciate it. Do you want to share with our friends at home where they can find you if they want to keep up with you online? Sure. So I am the I Trip Over Flat Surfaces podcast, and you can go to the website at the same name. I am wherever you get your podcast. My podcast is about encouraging you to take control of your thoughts to live a better life. I am an aggressive encourager. That's so important to me. So I would love it if you went and listened. And um, I hope to be back. This was so much fun. I absolutely love this. I really, I really do. I know I say I enjoy people's company a lot, but I really did enjoy this conversation. Like the time just flew. I'm looking at the clock and I was like, holy buckets. How did we get there already? Like, (laughs) didn't we just start talking? (laughs) That doesn't happen all the time. Friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Pop culture makes me jealous is written, edited, and produced by me, Julia Washington. You can find us on Instagram. If you want to hang out with us in between episodes at pop culture makes me jealous. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.